you guys. You get to meet my other sister, Brandy, today on the podcast. It's the family edition of Drive Candice Radiation. And Brandy has listened to almost everything I've ever podcasted and is like an avid fan, <laughs> which I appreciate. And um, she is one of the most tender hearted people that you'll ever meet. Uh, she's a hard worker. She's incredibly intelligent. Um, and the amount of things this woman gets done in a daytime in the day is 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 insane so if you know her you know this to be true um but i totally am excited for you to listen in we talk about um some childhood memories we talk about things that she's recommending right now and and then a little bit about what it's been like for her as a sister to watch me go through uh, cancer treatments and um, and then how she has perceived it to have changed me. So yeah, it's a great conversation. We tear up multiple times <laughs> and um, I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, welcome to the Drive Candice to Radiation podcast. Um, driving me today is um, one of my number one fans, I would say, of the podcast by far, but also in life. It's my sister, Brandy. Hello. I am so happy to be podcasting today and taking my sister to radiation. This is very exciting. Yes. Brandy, you listen to everyone that drops every episode. And so you kind of know the questions ahead of time. I did throw some different questions in just for Curveball, but on the family edition, I'm really excited to have the family edition this week. Um, thank you for driving over. Like everybody needs to understand, she, she just drove over from work, picked me up in LeGrand, is driving me to Pendleton, will drive me back home to LeGrand and then drive back home tonight. Like, yeah, and she's happy to do it. Happy to do it. Very, very happy to do it. Wouldn't do anything else today, so I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Let's talk about kindness. Okay. okay. What is something kind someone else has done for you recently? So I think that overall, um, I get to go pick up my mail from work every, almost every day. And I live in Hebner, and there's probably 1,200 people. I've lived there for 30 years and I probably know almost everybody. And what I probably love the most about my community is the overwhelming feeling of kindness on a daily basis. So yeah. when I walk down the street, I am highly likely to see at least one person that I know, but even if I don't know them, there's eye contact, there's how are you today, there's an opportunity to hold a door open, and on a really great occasion, you know, you might actually run into somebody that you haven't seen in a while and you get those moments of how are your kids, how's your family, how's work, and you kind of get that moment on the street to just connect with somebody. And that kind of kindness, if you can feel those little things every day, it's my favorite kind of kindness, is everyday simple kindness. I am a big fan of small, simple gestures to people, yeah. whether you're at home and it's your kids or something you can do for others. Uh, very simple things, I think, make the world go around and we should do more of those. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just want to attest to the fact that you do live in an amazingly kind community. I lived there for a short time in high school um, and I... 
just want to shout out your church. Um, everybody at the Catholic Church who, um, and, fa- and the Father, he, like, they have been so supportive of me during my whole cancer journey. Um, Brandy told me in the beginning that um, y'all were praying for me. And I started crying because I was just like, that is the kindest, sweetest thing I have ever heard. And so much genuine concern and love. And I received cards and letters and money and a lot of prayers from your church family. And I just really like love them for it. That's great. Yeah. They, uh, I think the other thing too, along that, I, you know, I'll get stopped in the street or, or at church, you know, after church or something and people will come up and say, how is your sister? And it's, it can be a daunting question sometimes. Um, but it's coming from such sincerity because I know that these people have been praying for you and thinking of you and us as a whole Yeah. and to con not constantly, but to be just, if they see me and that that's what they think of and then take a moment to just check in, it truly means an amazing amount to know, oh, that's right. We're not holding all of this by ourselves. There's these amazing people all over really the world to some degree. I'm sure there's someone in the world (laughs) that knows what's going on. And to know that like, so many people are rooting for my sister, rooting for us, and are there and praying and being thoughtful and kind around it. And then to just reach out and say, I hope everything's going okay. Or, oh my gosh, I read your sister's post. She is the most amazing writer ever. And I'm so glad she's sharing this journey with us. And she's so open and, and it's, it is reaching out to people and that if you're going to go through something so dark and scary, it is really so much easier if you have people who are walking through it with you. Yeah. Um, even in the smallest of ways. Yeah. Um, I think it's a testament to uh, both you and Kristen and Corey um, and your kids and how much you're connected within your community on how much it's reflecting back on Care For Me because you guys have sown so much seeds of love and um, service in particular to your community that there's just so many people who, who love y'all that that isn't, I get the benefit of that from it's it's really beautiful to see yeah um okay what is something interesting or fun for you right now (laughs) i am not very interesting i am fun but i'm not very interesting i don't do a lot it's what actually one of the things that i have struggled with most of my adult life uh, i think once i had kids that was all i did so i worked i had kids and everything interesting and fun I did was around them. And that's great and wonderful. Problem is, is my children are now semi-adults. And so I don't have a lot to do. So what I learned in the last couple of years is that that's okay. It's actually okay for me to slow down and to not be so productive all the time. So uh, I was telling Candace earlier, so last weekend my family was gone. They were all doing great, wonderful adventures, which I was invited to do, and I said, no, thank you. Uh, But I got to stay home with my dog all by myself, and she was like, well, what did you do? And I I literally sat and did nothing. I watched 
an obnoxious amount of TV and a couple movies that I wanted to see that no one else would want to watch with me and it was great. I did have dinner with uh, uh, my sister-in-law Brooke who I don't get to spend enough time with and that was a, that was a true gift and a blessing and that was a lot of fun. Other than that I literally did nothing. So I just uh, try to find some quiet me time and that apparently is all uh, I do for fun. Well and old Brandy would have been like um, ashamed of spending time by yourself in and doing just TV and nothing but yeah you've done the work girl so good for you thank you thank you I'm trying <laughs> yeah I'm a work in progress <laughs> okay let's talk about your recommendations is there a book a show a podcast a food that you love right now what are you recommending there are so many things because I just told you I literally watch too much TV <laughs> but uh, no a couple of books if you have not read where the crawdads sing oh. you should yeah. and once you've read the book you need to watch the movie I thought did you watch you you read that book yes okay yeah. Have you watched the movie yet? No, I'm okay. waiting for the girls to finish reading the book. Okay. It'll be, it's not, you don't have to watch it in theaters. It's, you know, something you can watch at home. You're not missing anything by watching it in the theater. But I have to tell you, of all the books to movies I think I've ever seen, I thought this one did such a good job with literally the visual play, like... Yeah. When I pictured the marsh as I was reading it, yeah. that's exactly what the movie brought to me. And that's saying something because I really don't have a lot of creativity. And that, I watched it and I was like, that's how I thought it was going to look. That's how I thought that girl was going to oh, look. And, wow. and so that, I think that's one of my favorite things about what they did with yeah. the movie itself. Yeah. So I highly recommend that book. Also, The Nightingale, and it's by Kristen somebody, and I forgot her last name. Okay. But it is a historical fiction book that was recommended to me. And basically, it's about two sisters that go through World War II in uh, uh, France. Okay. And basically, they're two different journeys. And it's very good. I actually hope that it's a movie someday. Um, and that would be another good book that Yay. I would recommend. Uh, if you like self-help books, okay. you definitely should read Burned Out. Burned Out, you should. That our sister <laughs> Kristen recommended, and we all read at the same time. Kristen makes us do torturous things. <laughs> she's she's very, like, wanting us to, you know, be better people. Be better people. <laughs> and so we're like, okay, we'll do this book with you. <laughs> and it was so good. Also written by two sisters. Um, super funny very realistic things that you can do every single day that are very simple that literally will just change yeah. your literally your stress level and that I definitely need and so if you yeah. like self-help books which I usually don't that's a really good one yeah um it was validating yeah. yeah and it makes you feel like you're not crazy yeah and I I, I am semi-crazy so I <laughs> When I feel less crazy, that's a really good thing for <laughs> okay. me. Um, my kids and I each separately watched season one, two, three of Stranger Things. And yes. then this summer when four dropped, we watched it together. And that show is probably in my top five of all time favorite shows ever. Yes. I love, I do too. love, love, love it. So if you haven't seen that, you really should. Even if you think you won't like it. I think you will. Yeah. So. If you lived in the 80s at all, <laughs> you're going to love this movie because just purely on the fact that the throwback to the 80s, like culturally, 
it feels like the 80s it feels like what it went when you went to the roller skating rink yeah and what they're wearing and the way the light is everything feels like it yeah it's really it's really good it is a little scary and kind of intense but very very worth it uh movies i don't know if this movie's still in theaters but I really, if you did not see Top Gun Maverick in theaters, I'm sorry you missed out. I have not watched a Tom Cruise movie since he kind of went a little crazy several years ago because I was like, I don't know about this guy anymore. And I love Tom Cruise, but I was like, I think that we need to stop supporting this man. But I did. I went and watched it and it was so good. I liked the first one better. Probably because I was a little younger and I don't know, it was really well done. But this one, as far as the flight patterns and the things that they did, which are not computer generated, they really actually do all those things, yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. It's not going to be like, you know, the Emmy Award winning, whatever. No, it's you're there for a good time. And pure nostalgia, period. It feels really good. Nostalgia comes at a certain age in your life or something, but I feel like right now, especially like once when COVID was going on and everything, I feel like everyone around between I would say the age of 35 and 55, yeah, we're getting all of our things brought back to us, yeah, and it is an amazing thing to be like, (laughs) yeah, thank you for bringing the 80s back, you know, and in apparently a time that I needed and I didn't even know. So maybe that, I don't know if that happens to other generations, but I feel like our generation is really lucking out right now with some of these things. For sure. Yeah. I feel like we're young Gen Xers on the, on the cusp of being elder millennials. (laughs) And, um, so like for us as Gen Xers, you just kind of like, we get forgotten all the time, but it's really fun. Even with fashion right now, like the clothing coming back, the nineties, early two thousands clothing when we were, you know, in our youngest hippest days and you're, yeah, I bought some pants and I was like, wide leg jeans. Well, hello there. I haven't seen you in a while. I've always loved loved you. I, <laughs> I liked the skinny away. jeans, but I do like the skinny jeans. It's great, but I do like a pair of wide legs. They should never have taken them away. <laughs> they should not. Actually, if they're, if, I, know, I don't really follow fashion very well, so I probably wore them the yeah. whole time. Well, and flares. Flares yeah. are coming back again. I know. So yeah. interesting how, I mean, I guess, I know that happens often in fashion, that, you know, but it's weird when I think it's something that you remember that you actually wore. Yeah. Because, I don't know. It's funny what the girls take out of my closet right now that they feel like are, is really hip and trendy. And it's all my old <laughs> crap. Like, the stuff I don't even wear. They're just... <laughs> Yeah, if it's a giant old sweatshirt, they want it. Yeah. For sure. My youngest niece is into really oversized sweatshirts right now. <laughs> and we're and, and all of us are like, that's yeah. such an interesting choice. Okay. And guess what? She looks adorable. Yeah, and it's great. You can I'm like yeah, you have at it. Um, okay. What is something you wish you'd known ten years ago? Or what would you tell yourself 10 years ago? So I was in my early 30s 10 years ago. And I definitely, so I was definitely mid-parent. Like my kids were 10 and 13. And so you're out of the that toddler stage. I felt like, you know, I could, you know, function as an adult light, you know, and have a little bit of a life outside of my kids to some degree. And wasn't in that parent fog. Yeah. You know, I slept at night, that kind of thing. But I wish though that I would have told myself to chill out 
and people tell me that all the time. I'm, I'm a fairly high strung person and I stress out and I worry all the time. And I don't think that that's necessarily gonna go away, but I wish that I would have taken more things off of my plate and done better with less things than trying to do all the things and asked for more help from be it my husband or even my kids. Um, I wish I would have advocated for myself more and not tried to do all the things because if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it to the best of my abilities and sometimes it is easier for me to do it by myself yeah and I don't have a lot of patience and so it was hard for me to share that sounds so bad but it was hard for me to share chores because it might not be done exactly like I like it and then I would spend time redoing it and what I've learned now is like it doesn't actually matter how the dishwasher is loaded right Um, I mean you can't have bowls upside down and stuff like that but you know it really doesn't matter and those are some of the things that I wish I would have told myself is to ask for help, advocate, and maybe, you know, do and find some of those hobbies and some things for myself and yeah. friendships and some of the things that I have now that um, I didn't feel like I could do right back then. And you could. You were so crazy busy. It was insane. There's no, you, there's no way you could have. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a really good a good thing. Like, what can we let go of? that um, isn't life or death but and and why are we holding on to it so tightly you know like what what is it everybody's got things like that and um, yeah I think that's really good really good advice yep I think we would be gentler with ourselves <laughs> 10 years ago yeah. yes um, is there something about me Brandy that you've always wanted to know but never asked yeah. I want to know who your favorite sister is <laughs> I think that Gracie asked me the same dang thing about what Sue's your favorite kid. I'm just kidding. I know Wrong. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, um, I actually kind of wanted to ask you, what is one of your favorite childhood memories? Oh, okay. Childhood memories. Uh, Brandy, shall I pick one that's with you? Well, I mean. That's you, fun. I mean, I think we had a lot of fun. We did. Up. I think that when we lived on Andrea Street, there were um, so many wonderful, classically like classically done childhood memories like things that when you think about somebody's childhood in a neighborhood with neighborhood kids and bikes and cricks and you know just a mountain to climb and and just fun people like snow forts and things like that Um, and friends that you just had so much fun pretending with Um, there's many things from that time frame that are really some of my favorite memories but I I think climbing that hill behind our house and we're all like there was a ton of us like some neighborhood friends that we had um, that are still our friends to this day Um, and we would just kind of like I felt like we'd just go on an adventure and we would pretend that you know things were happening up on you know whatever we had walkie talkies and we would like pretend like 
there were bad guys or whatever. I don't know. But yeah, we, um, and it was kind of scary to climb that mountain. That's, I'm saying it's a mountain, it's a hill, but I would say it, it was really steep very steep and so there was kind of like some precarious like you felt like you were doing something a little bit dangerous and um, I loved when we'd go up there and there's that old car that was on the top of the mountain remember that and then it just scads of wheat fields after that and um, just looking out over Walla Walla Valley and just being like okay this is really beautiful and there were times when I don't know I just just remember that time when we took all the neighborhood kids to the little park by ourselves and there were like 20 of us remember yeah, that? I do remember that oh my gosh wow you pulled that out of somewhere yeah, yeah so fun yeah I, I think that we got so much freedom in our small cul-de-sac world because it really in hindsight was a, a small circumference of an area it really yeah. wasn't very big yet there were so many friends that lived there and we got to basically you know that typical like you're saying childhood where you would get up and you'd be gone all day long and you just knew that around dinner time you had to be home yeah and your parents didn't know where you no. were except they knew that you know you had that radius you had the places that you could be um and there were always adventures to be had with with people yeah. super fun you just had to to call around your neighbors and like where's the pack of children <laughs> I mean really that's kind of how it was and you know just I don't know I remember trick-or-treating there I remember just lots of fun things um, we had a bus stop that we we got on right there and um, and I remember some of like the neighborhood boys that we didn't play with very often were at the bus stop <laughs> we were kind of intimidated and like I don't know. We wanted to kind of avoid them and then, but we kind of like them. And yeah, I remember that too. Um, yeah, that's kind of my favorite. I think when I think about my childhood, that, that span of time for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember when we moved into that house, I remember the day that we, we moved there. Do you remember that day? I actually do remember that day and I wasn't very old, but as I think I was five when we moved there, but, yeah. and I, that is an early memory I do remember. Um, and we spent about five years, I think, at that house. And it was easily, I think out of most childhoods, I, that is, I think we were very lucky and fortunate to have lived on Andrea Street with all of our friends and and family there. It was a lot of fun. I remember this, they, our parents had built that house had that house built and so the smell of new construction that's like the first kind of a childhood memory kind of smell that harkens me back to that time and we had bear claws we had, like dad had gotten bear claws at the store and we were downstairs in the family room on the carpet um, and it just smelled like new construction and bear claws <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> um, yeah so I would have been eight Switch gears a little bit. We're going to talk about cancer. So I, I, I had, in the family edition, had some different questions because we already, I already know what your experience with cancer is. Um, but I wanted to ask you, uh, what has been, what have you learned from my cancer journey, and how has it affected you? I, uh, I've learned. 
I've learned a lot. I think the first thing I learned was it's so true when people have said this before, but cancer sucks. Everything about it is awful. It's absolutely awful and you almost can't even put into words. So sucks is about as good as you can get. Um, the second thing that I learned is you have to have an, an enormous amount of patience through this process which I do not have any patience. And I think for me, the most difficult part was I already, I wanted all the answers yesterday. I wanted the plan. I wanted the outcome for sure to be obviously positive, but I already wanted to know the outcome, which is not how this works. But I wanted to know all of the things. What are the steps that we need to get to? Because that is how my brain processes information. So if you give me a task, I want to know the goal and then I'm going to work my way through it. And I'm not scared of the, I'm not scared of the steps. I'm not scared of the path. But if I don't know the goal, then it's very hard for me to process. And so I felt like every, it was like sit and wait and get new information and wait some more and get more information and wait again. And that was so difficult on my end to not a freak out, mm -hmm. but to try to figure out how we were going to solve this problem. And I had no control over any of it. And that was so, so difficult for me. And what I've learned is that it's, that is the process and that doesn't make it wrong. It makes it hard, but it doesn't make it wrong. It doesn't make it bad. And so, and if you just, if you can continue to just go through each step, then each milestone, it's like, okay, we did that, check that off. We did that, check that off. And now we're here. And so there were bits and pieces of that. I think I also learned that it's, I don't like hard emotion. I don't like emotion that I, I like emotions I can control. I, and I got very, very, very angry. And I knew that it wasn't productive or a, a good place to necessarily release that to you. So I shared those things typically with Kristen. And we would have side conversations where we would say all the things that we shouldn't say to you because it would do nothing for your health, but it had to be said or we couldn't move, or at least me, I couldn't move forward. So we would typically get off a conversation or FaceTime, whatever with you. And then we would immediately either text or call and be like, what the actual is going on? Because X, Y, Z, I need to know this. And I am so angry about this and how dare this is happening. And why don't we know these 10 things? And so it was, you know, at least we were smart enough to be like, that's a different conversation than <laughs> in front of you and your children and your husband, yeah. you know, and to, to kind of be able to piece that together. So I do think that if you go through this with somebody else, that be mindful of what that what your emotions might create for somebody else. So if you do need to release that anger, I suggest you find a different safe person and not the person going through because they don't need your emotion. They need your support, but they don't need to know that you're you're not okay. Because that's that's not healthy for them. Yeah. 
I, I feel like as a, as a person going through it, like what normally could have been a normal conversation, you don't have any margins for, um, because it's, you're under so much stress and physical strain and emotional strain that it's hard to, you don't, you shouldn't put that on anybody to be able to have a normal conversation with you. It's not going to be like that for a little bit of time. It'll return, but, um, anything that you're trying to deal with, like, and it gets tedious, I think, for family members because the, your your normal Candace is not the normal Candace, and and it's really hard to see that happen to somebody um, from the outside. And but that's that's the beautiful thing about being a family in it is that that's okay. I have the freedom to not be my normal self because everybody's there to to be like a net for me. Um, and it, it can be difficult for caregivers and difficult for people, family members on the outside looking. Um, so I know that you talked with Kristen. What else did you do to kind of help process through? I actually, which you'd be surprised, but I actually did do some of the practices that I have been learning, which is for me to name my feelings. So when I was overwhelmed, when I was angry, when I was scared, sad, frustrated, um, it, I have learned that all of those, emo all emotions are okay. Yeah. And all emotions are appropriate. And that is something that I, I am just learning in the last few years for myself. And so it was okay if I broke down and cried. And it was okay if I expressed that this is unfair and unjust. And that was all okay. And if I could name them, walk through them, allow them to happen, then on the other end of that, there was a little bit of peace. There was a little bit of like, okay, I can breathe now and let's tackle the next thing. Yeah. And if I, if I didn't do that, then, then you just sit in that and you sit and sit and sit and then until you break and you don't, that's not healthy. And so those are the things that I really would allow myself to move through and name and then say, it's okay that I feel this way today. That's good. I'm proud of you. That's a really big deal. Um, I have a hard time naming my emotions, and I'm, I'm working on that too. Because I'll have them, and I'm like, I don't know. I, this is this is coming up, and I don't know what it is. And I don't know why it's happening. Um, I can kind of surmise and guess, but I'm not sure. So, um, yeah, and that takes a lot of energy to yeah, sit down and do that. That's, I think, oh, you hit the nail on the head. And I think that's why I had a difficult time. I have a lot of energy. I like almost I'm probably the most of any human being yeah. and but emotional energy I don't have a lot of bandwidth for and so it is really that's very daunting and I kind of in the past have wanted or had to be in a certain headspace to get through things like that but now I'm just learning like it actually takes less energy if I just deal with it at that moment because I actually can move through it a little quicker than if I pretend it doesn't happen, which is my go-to. Let's just pretend everything's okay. And this, in this particular incident, I didn't know, or I did know that I couldn't pretend this out, that this really was happening and that I needed, I needed to be in the best headspace I could to support you. Yeah. And so I had to go through those hard processes. Yeah. 
let's talk about that a little bit. I feel like um, one of the things I learned and watched you do so well, um, but watching family members, like how they supported me, uh, everybody used their strengths. And um, so Brandy, your strength was for me, like you carried the knowledge of what was happening with me. Like, and, and that takes some, that takes some space and that takes some intentionality to ask really good questions. So you knew what I was, when I had treatments, what time I had treatments, uh, what days I had treatments and like what treatments were happening and why they were happening. Like, and I just really appreciated that because it, it felt like that's true connectivity when somebody holds that for you um, and is thoughtful to um, text you. You did a lot of texting of me when I would go into treatments or, or into uh, whatever the doctor's appointment that I was having. And um, I just really appreciated that because like for me, that was a very active and practical way that I felt like I'm not alone in it. And um, even though physically we couldn't be together all the time because we were worried about COVID and we were worried about bringing in the, you tried, I mean, like you tried to come multiple times and then like somebody would get sick and you couldn't make it over. But, um, but that was how we were able to stay connected during that time. And I think, you know, I mentioned this with Kristen, like our Marco Polos were really helpful. Yeah. But I think, yeah, that feels like um, just something really practical and that people can do is just be the carrier of the information. I did. I, I usually don't carry information like that. Um, it, I, I hear and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, I remember all that. And then when I have to go and tell someone else, I just know I'm not doing it justice. And for this time, I actively made sure that as you told me things, I literally wrote them down. And I would text them out to my kids or tell Corey or, and my, his family was, um, praying for you and but they were also an outlet for me so I would text them and be like oh this is the newest information and oh I need you know like yeah. they were supporting me and so I made sure that when I was giving out the information it was accurate it was right and then it helped me to process because it was like okay this and then I could remember all the things and I knew yeah. and honestly you're in my you're in my calendar I put all of your treatments in my calendar <laughs> I put all your surgeries in there I put all the I knew when radiation was and I, yes I yeah. because it was something that was something that I could control in something that you can't control yeah and so it, it definitely I'm glad that those things mattered to you I didn't know that and because um, the intent was to do that for myself and for the people I was giving information to but the fact that like that brought you some peace uh, that means the world to me you know I think what it is is that we are the kind of moms that have done that on behalf of our families we, we carry the information. We carry, we carry that load of knowledge about who's doing what, when, and maybe even like the difficulties surrounding those things and like the relationships surrounding those things. Like there's a part of being a parent that you learn how to do that for on behalf of others. And so why I think it matters is that because I am a mother who does that, and a wife that does that, to have somebody do that on my behalf doesn't happen very often. Oh, yeah. 
And so that spoke to me because I I find such value in all that. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, that melts my heart. Yeah. Um, so let's see. I was going to ask you, and I'm having like chemo brain right now. Um, how have you? How do you think this cancer journey has affected me, or changed me? What's your perception of that? I think that, I think honestly, it brought out a lot of your best qualities, which sounds kind of strange, but it really did. Um, I think that the way that you did, you, you, you do value connectivity. And it was very difficult to feel connected to people because you physically couldn't, especially early on. Yeah. And so in order to do that, you were able to do that via social media with your posts and marcoing us and FaceTiming us. And those are the things that you kind of normally do anyway, but you were so open, honest, let people come on this journey with you. And I think that that brought out all the positive things. And to be able to do like things like this today to share your journey on a very deep emotional level with people will help people. And that is what you do. You are a helper. You're a person who cares about other people and how to make them better and and make the world better and these are the things that you do so in a positive way it enhanced all of those abilities that you have I think in maybe more of a uh, I don't want to say a negative way but I think you had to pull all of your strength and to watch that be so exhausting for you is was really hard to see you suffer that way um and I think that I hope this is the most difficult thing you have ever done or ever will do and I hope that this is done for you um because I don't want to do this again (laughs) in any way shape or form um because it's been such a long journey and I know that you're not quite done um there's pieces we've checked another thing off right we're We're almost done with radiation. So We're close. checking that down, and, but there's still other things. And then, um, as you've said, there's recovery afterwards. So I just think like seeing you pull everything you possibly can out of yourself just to get up in the morning, yeah. um, it is, that's heart wrenching to see, but you're here, you're still doing it. You're yeah. still, you're still trying to be positive and trying to still give to other people and um, allowing people to give to you. And I think that says a lot about your character and strength. Thank you, love. Um, Yeah, I think I've had my definitely physically the hardest days of my life, but I just to counteract that in as much as it was so painful and difficult and like physically hard, Um, inside I was still myself and so I was like not going to let cancer take that and I wasn't going to let all of that 
take all of me and consume me. And um, so I was bound and determined to still be me inside. And so, but an ever-changing me, because I do feel like it definitely, it marks you. And um, there'll be a lot of things I'll have to process and figure out as I as I continue walk towards healing but yeah as we're getting close to being done I only have like after today only one more and it's so it's so bananas and you and I have been like emotional all day about it but um I'm just you know I don't know whether it's just I've had to be strong for so long and um and now as we're kind of like getting into that my body's like you've been strong for a while but also you need to now like grief <laughs> you gotta you gotta to start grieving a little bit and let some of that out and I'm just not wanting to like fully allow myself and so I will probably be an absolute disaster next week I think I'm gonna just I my plan is to cry a lot um, and then go to New York and have a great time. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then go have a lovely glass of wine on a rooftop in New York with some pasta. Okay, last question. Also, do you know where we're going? Yes. Okay. Um, a long time from now, Brandy, you get to heaven and you see God there. What do you see? What do you hope he says to you? So I have two things. The first thing is, honest to goodness, I really think that he's going to look at me, probably shake his head, and he's going to say, you know, if you'd have just let go of a lot of things and let me take them on, your life might have been a little bit easier, maybe a little less stressful. I kind of feel like I'm going to get that little small talking to, to which I'm going to be like, yeah, you're right. But also, here's here we are, you know? Because uh, he already knows me. We, we got... I'm, I'm not going to let it go, and, and he's just going to shake his head. So, it's fine. We're, we're fine. Uh, but honestly, though, um, it's not about what he's going to say for me. Um, I'm a hugger, as you know, yes. Candace. Yeah. It's my favorite thing in the world. Yes. My favorite thing is to is to be hugged. I wish that I could just literally walk around in this world like fully <laughs> hugged all the time. I think a, maybe straight jacket for me is in my future. I don't Do know. you have a weighted blanket? Yeah. No, but I need Oh, I'm going to buy you one. Okay. So so that is just literally my favorite thing. Okay. And I I know that when I get there and I am going to get the best hug (laughs) that I have ever had and will ever have. And that makes me so unbelievable. I cannot wait. I mean, I can because I don't, I I would like to live a very long life. But someday when he's called me, that is what I'm going to look forward to. I love that. Um, And from the God who invented hugging. Can you imagine being hugged by the person who actually was like, (laughs) we're doing this? Because it's just, that is, it's such a release to me to be hugged um, from stress and anxiety and all that jazz that I carry every day. So that's, that's what I'm most looking forward to. That's good. Uh, Well, everybody, here's how I am today on this second to the last day of radiation, day 32 of radiation. Oh my gosh. Insane. Um... My skin is wrecked and my 
you know, like I said on the podcast last time, they are pinpointing that area. It is also starting to get really not looking great. Um, and so I'm just in pain, but I am um, doing my best with trying to stay lotioned up and just taking ibuprofen and Tylenol. And and I just, I'm feeling like, you know what? It's just gonna be temporary. It's not forever and it's okay because that means things are working. That means things, cells are dying and that's what we want. So it's kind of a, a mind game I play with myself <laughs> where you're like, if it's painful and it looks really nasty, well then great, cells are dying. That's what we've wanted for 10 months. So um, that's, a, that's a little twist on things for me. Um, but I am excited. I wish I wish I could just go to radiation tomorrow on a Saturday. I have to wait. This is Friday and I have to wait till Monday. But um, yeah, I'm really excited to be done. Thank you guys for going on this journey with me. If you're still listening and this is episode 32, um, uh, you love me. <laughs> so thank you. I love you right back. <laughs> Thanks for listening in, friend. I really appreciate it. This is really fun for me. But I hope for you, there's some takeaways on just being a good neighbor. Just somebody who's willing to to jump in and say, yeah, I'll help you out. If you are a cancer survivor, or if you're currently going through cancer, please know that my heart is with you, that my prayers are with you, and that you are more connected than you realize and you are more loved than you could ever understand. Please tune in next time. We will have a great time on the podcast, driving over the mountain where I get radiation and make the best of it. You know what I'm saying? Have a great day. Mm